Happy Friday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute where each and every day, uh, Monday through Friday, we go over probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard directed feature Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host, I'm Chris Henry from the EAA Aviation Museum. And Chris, we are, they're finally putting all the pieces together, the, uh, what do they call it, the coin drop, that kind of thing. It's, it's yes. gotten, it, it, they finally, they're finally figuring it out and even the, uh, the people working for uh, James Horner have, have also figured it out, too, because their music's <laughs> starting to pick up a bit. <laughs> Do you think uh, during their actual mission they stopped and were like, guys, cue up the music, we figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> Play something suspenseful. Oh, yeah. um, and they're doing, they're definitely doing the James Horner, that da da dum 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 that, that whole, they're getting it, they're putting the pieces together kind of thing. <laughs> so, uh, and it's all about, like like uh, Ken Mattingly has said, it's all about the power, trying to get the power up, and they're trying to get the four amps, and what... Uh, uh, what they're putting together on this is uh, they figured out that the, there's power in the lunar module, and they've got to get if they can get that power from the lunar module into the command module to uh, start up this. The, they need the startup power for the the lights and getting the IMU running and getting all the computers going. Just that that little bit of four amps. So if they reverse the flow from the battery that's normally used that's being charged by the fuel cells in the service module if they reverse it somehow and you know you know run the run the circuitry so that it gets back into the command module's batteries they can charge up the command module batteries and get them just enough power so they can uh, they can start everything up and uh, John Young points out in this that they'll lose some in the transfer but it's no big deal because all they need is just getting the four amps the last just suck that that battery dry out of the uh, out of the lunar module and stick it in the command module where they can use it, um, which is not that's that's not too far off from how this worked. I mean, they, they really did uh, drain a lot of the lunar module to get you know and using using the umbilical that was running between the two that that ran through the uh, the tunnel there. Um, and it's funny, this was 50 years ago that they were having a problem, suddenly realizing that that it would be nice to have two-way power between. Um, the lunar module and the command module. And a similar thing happened when they built the space shuttle and the uh, International Space Station. Uh, now remember that, uh, I think we've gone over this before, that the uh, the space station was based on uh, what was originally going to be called Mir-2. Uh, the, the Soviet Union, before, well, it was still the Soviet Union, had uh, sent Mir into space. And... Uh, even though they had used their uh, f to to connect the uh, the Soyuz missions to the uh, uh, to the space station, they had used it with Salyut, the previous space station, and they used uh, probe and probe and drogue connectors for Soyuz on Mir. Uh, at the bottom, at the very base of the uh, of the original Mir space station, they had put in a an adapter to plug in their Buran uh, space shuttle. And what the Buran space shuttle used was a modification of the Apollo Soyuz docking uh, connector that was used in the 1975 Apollo Soyuz mission. So it, was, it had a whole different type of connection. Uh, 
And that, fortunately for them, putting that on the bottom of Mir, that allowed our space shuttle, with a, a slight modification in their mid-deck, uh, it allowed us to reuse the old Apollo Soyuz connector to connect to Mir. And uh, we, we went and did a half a dozen missions with uh, Mir and then on to Mir 2, which became uh, uh, the International Space Station using uh, something called at the time it was on the uh, the International Space Station, uh, something called a pressurized mating adapter, which is a modification of the uh, 1975 Apollo Soyuz adapter. Now, the uh, that adapter was uh, it was androgynous. You could connect any two could connect to each other. Uh, the problem was it was just a connector. All it would do is it was a structural connection between. It would, it would have a it would form a pressure seal between two spacecraft. And uh, there's three of them right now on the International Space Station, PMA-1, 2, and 3. PMA-1 connects the uh, functional control block, the, the, uh, the Russian um, module that's up there with uh, the, harm, uh, the Unity module. Is that right? Or is it Harmony? Uh, I know it's either Harmony or... No, I believe it's uh, Unity. It's the Unity module that's connected at PMA-1. So that's a permanent connection. It's been, to, it's been connected for 20 years now, <laughs> That's a long time. Um, so PMA-1 PMA is connect, connecting the Russian uh, space station to the American side of the space station. Uh, PMA-2 was used on uh, all the space shuttles that were connecting at the front end. If you picture, if you picture the space station like a, like a big ship, right on the bow of the ship, that's where uh, PMA-2 is connected. And that's where all the space shuttles have connected to the space station, <laughs> most recently being in 2011. There's a third one, PMA-3, which is topside from PMA-2. That's in case you wanted to connect two space shuttles at the same time. That never happened, but it was there. It was available. Um, and it's still there. It's kind of like a spare. So uh, PMA-2 hasn't been used since 2011. But in 2017, uh, one of the biggest problems with having these uh, uh, pressurized mating adapters is they have a structural connection, but they have no electrical connection, and they have no uh, data connection. So anytime you want to, what was the, the problem that was going on with the space shuttle, it couldn't stay more than 10 days because the fuel cells would go dead because it, would, it, had, run out of, it had run out of electricity. So uh, they started adapting the space shuttles so that they'd be able to plug them in. They, they bring out this big cable and run it out of the space station through the, you know, through the, the connector inside. Uh, they'd run this big cable, and then they'd run air into the into the shuttle, so that it would it would have power, so they could stay there for an extended stay. But it it was a it was a make work fix. So what happened after after the shuttle era? Uh, NASA began working, and NASA and the Japanese and the Russians uh, all be, all began working on uh, a common docking adapter, what was known as the uh, as the IDA, the International Docking Adapter. Um, the Americans are the only ones to use it. And we have, well, at the time we're recording this, they haven't used it, but if uh, everything, if everything went successful with Crew Dragon, they, were, they used it this week. Um, but the, uh, the IDA not only has a structural connector, but it also has data and uh, electrical connections. So you can power a ship that's connected to the, uh, uh, to the space station from the solar panels that are on the space station back out to the it's kind of like a usb plug <laughs> so you can charge up your ship when you plug into the uh into the space station using the new ida and uh it, all of this goes back i mean this this uh this ida that, that that's been developed 
uh, all goes back to Apollo 13 and things like this where they wanted two-way connectors. It's just they never had time to think about it when when they're putting the, the moon project together that you might want to have uh, reusability or, or other utility for it. Um, but they're thinking about it now. And, you know, in the intervening nine years since the last time Americans visited the space station on an American ship, uh, they have all this new equipment now, this kind of a, a USB for uh, spaceships <laughs> out there. And it's it's great seeing that's what's happening this week, uh, that, that pe- you know, people are finally going to be using this uh, this international docking adapter to uh, to power up their own ships and uh, make it a little bit more user friendly for instead of having these wires and tubes and things coming out of uh, <laughs> coming coming through the uh, the, the tunnels. Um, just uh, it's a, a, a it's and when I when I was working on my master's degree, my my master's thesis was about the development of uh, adapters between ships. Part of it was at least and seeing this all happening now uh finally i know i've i met and talked with a lot of people down in houston that were working on this and seeing this all i I know there i know there's probably a lot of happy faces once this thing connected um i hope it worked (laughs) (laughs) same here same here uh, yeah we could use some good news for a change here (laughs) yeah yeah i I agree and uh it's it's such a beautiful design it's a very simple design i mean it's like one of those things when you look at a usb adapter and you think wow I can plug in a keyboard with this. I can plug in my iPhone and charge it up. I can, you know, it, it has that universality to it that they, they actually thought it out a bit of what they wanted in a docking adapter. And it fit right over the old uh, pressurized mating adapter. So it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot less, um, yeah, it, it's a lot less of, of a kludgy kind of thing. So uh, it's, it's nice that we're, we're reaching that level of maturity in, uh, in docking equipment that uh, it's going to be so clean just walking through. So I'm looking forward to seeing the video when they open the door up and these folks come fly, you know, the Bob and Doug come flying through the, the hatch and say, yeah, it worked. Yeah. I thought he, when they showed their cars, by the way, the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they're very, very partial. Although I would have gone with a model S, but I guess they can, they can go with a model X. They, uh, they, they're driving around in Teslas, which, uh, as a Tesla owner, I feel for very vindicated in having, having that. Although, you know, if they had shown up in a couple of uh, Dodge vehicles, I don't think there would have been any complaints. I would no, I wouldn't have complained. It, it would have been uh, <laughs> there's something that uh, that that would have said, would just rang right if they had rolled in in some Corvettes. That would have been kind of yeah, that's true. Know, I, I think I think that would have been my style, just paying respect to the heritage yeah. of that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a lot that goes with that, so I'm sure yeah, they you, did, did the right thing. <laughs> yeah, you do have to honor tradition. I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, just uh, it's it's so exciting being part of this, and I'm just I'm hoping everything worked out okay. <laughs> uh, if it years. isn't, we're going to sound very awkward. But yeah. uh, this is just uh, this is the way we felt the week before all this was going to happen. So um, I am def- definitely looking forward to uh, to getting back into into space uh, from from the American side. Um, so it's uh, yeah, this is a, a very uh, interesting way of of ending the week. This is. I keep picturing when when you're when you're seeing people doing story development on a uh, on a movie, you build up exposition, complication, resolution. So in this minute, we're right in the middle of resolution of another major thing. It's kind of similar to when we were seeing the uh, uh, the, the carbon scrubbers being being fixed. This one is how do we get out of the power problem? So all we have to worry about is uh, they've got this resolved, and now all they have to do is 
make sure that uh, uh, nothing damaged the uh, you know nothing damaged the command module. So we'll have to find it. That's that's for another time. But uh, I'm it, it's interesting seeing this resolution and uh, it, that it it, fl it flows very well for uh, for telling the story. Which is you know I, I know we I know we complain a lot about how cinematic it all is. They have to do things for the movie, but you can't really add too many complications in a two-hour movie that you can't resolve, that people people wouldn't watch the movie. Something, you know, interesting, uh, um, a friend of mine is uh, named Neil Hansen, and Neil uh, flew in Air America. He was an Air America pilot, uh, which was, for those who maybe aren't familiar, that was the CIA's uh, secret airline that they, that they owned. Um, and, they, of course, they made a movie, uh, and then I think early 90s, named Air America, and it had Robert Downey Jr. and Mel Gibson in it, and they used a lot of, there's a lot of good in it, but there's there's some Hollywood in it, and um, you know, he kind of, Neil was a technical advisor on the film, and you know, and he kind of caught some flack for for the, the Hollywooded up stuff, and he was like, you know, you gotta understand that you can't hire Mel Gibson to do a documentary, <laughs> you know, and he was like, that's not, people aren't gonna tune in to watch Mel Gibson, you know, stick to 100% you know, and he goes, and you can't tell the story correctly for people who don't know. You'd have to give them the back education in order to, like, tell the story correctly. He's like, you would need days, you know, and he goes, you got, you know, two hours maybe. And uh, so you've got to, you know, whatever it is to convey the story, to get the message across. And at the very least, you know, for example, in America, there's something where a lot of people walked away from it, you know, maybe had never heard that this actually existed and now that got them to dive deeper into a book and read about it and uh, I think movies like Apollo 13 are the same where there's people who you know especially our younger people who maybe they never heard of Apollo 13 uh, they caught the movie and, and it got them to read uh, more about the real mission and, and the, the other Apollo missions as well yeah it's still it, the, the weirdest part about this though is I'm still amazed that people think uh, there there are sections of the general public who think that there was Apollo 13, uh, and before that there was Apollo 11, and then there was, uh, like, was John it. Glenn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> John Glenn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. John Glenn, Apollo 11, Apollo 13, and it's yeah, and then the shuttle. But who who follows the shuttle? There were and they they might think that there were maybe a dozen shuttle launches, and yeah. it's like no, there were 135 shuttle yeah. launches. <laughs> Um, yeah, oh. it's, it's, it's mind boggling, but yeah, you know, it, again, not everybody's, you know, not everybody, I, I don't want to say a rivet counter, but it's, it doesn't feel this, to me, I, I use my wife as a, as a reference point because I said, am I rivet counting? When <laughs> is this something people are supposed to know? You know, I, I, I can never tell. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, you know, you I, mentioned it, John Glenn earlier and I think we ought to at least, uh, uh, make note and pay respect that we lost Annie Glenn this week. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and she was uh, one of the, of course, the iconic astronaut wives, and um, you know, an important part of our space program. So, uh, a little, a little note to to everybody to uh, take a moment and think of Annie over the over the next week or so. Yeah, I I keep thinking of her from uh, you know in uh, in the movie The Right Stuff, John Glenn Calder, The Rock, and that's not that was an exaggeration. He he did yeah. say that at at a, uh, the speech that he gave before a joint session of Congress. He introduced his uh, in, his wife as my rock, and you know you think John Glenn had a lot to face, and his 
his confidence lay in his ability of his wife to back him up. So, you know, she was quite quite a lady to, to help help out with the space program that way and keeping keeping John John Glenn uh, level and centered. So amazing yeah. amazing another amazing moments in history that we lived in the time of Annie Glenn too. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. Um Wow. Well, this has been a, a fascinating week. We've had a we had a great guest in uh, in Chuck Myers, and uh, we've had a lot of things to talk about this week. Hopefully, uh, good news from the Cape and good news from outer space. I I, I always worry about talking about things in advance, but uh, it's 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 an exciting time for uh, the American space program and for just you know space exploration in general. There's so much coming up. Uh, we're going to go back to the moon, and. Uh, some really heavy hardware is com- coming soon. So if they, if they want to make it to uh, the moon, the moon by 2024. So looking forward to the time ahead. Um, but we'll we'll catch up with all of this uh, next week as we as we look keep looking to the past with Apollo 13. Um, for folks who would like to talk some more about the future and 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 the past, we're always available on social media at Facebook at uh, the Apollo 13 Minutes Mission Control, easy to find, or on Twitter at Apollo 13 Minute. Uh, if you haven't listened to our previous 110 episodes, they're always available. Any of your popular podcatchers have them, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, all the typical places. Or you can find it at our big site, Apollo 13 Minute, Apollo 13Minute.com. Uh, go out there. You can find all of our previous episodes. Uh, but please uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll be back next week with some more excitement as we get, uh, gosh, we're in the last half hour of this. It's amazing. Uh, so <laughs> they're get, the numbers are, numbers are getting shorter here. Yeah, I know. Gonna to, I know. We're going to have to come up with some really good stuff, though. So yeah, exactly. We'll be doing that in a while. Um, it looks like we're coming up on uh, Laws of Signal in about 30 seconds, so we'll see you here next week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week on the Apollo 13 Minute.